To truck it, I'm doing her here with Michael Vincent the Dude. Hey, everybody. Good afternoon from the heart of the Union, Freight Alley. Did you catch the State of the Union? I did. I was I did. promised shipping talk. I was <laughs> excited. I, I even had like a tweet ready to, ready go, to go, fire off, to, really? to, to take right. notes on what Biden was wow. saying. He said one sentence, and then he went on to nursing homes. Right to politi- politics. I thought I was going to get a heavy hand on shipping, and instead I got Nancy Pelosi's hand to hands. I wanted to see it on <laughs> shipping. That was the whole reason I was watching this thing. There was some good comedic uh, visual relief there. Unintentional I mean, comedy is fun. I mean, overall, I didn't have necessarily a problem no. with the, uh, no. the State of the Union. I just thought they would be talking more uh, about shipping. Hoping they would talk more about logistics and shipping. Absolutely. I thought they would. I, I mean, I guess maybe they figured maybe a general audience wouldn't uh, mm, be as interested. The fact sheet that came out this week is interesting. We'll get into that in a little bit. But sure. right now, war raging on between Ukraine with Russia's invasion. One who's on our side, though? Take a look at this graphic. So Statista put this together, and it's showing who has spoken up and who has not, who's supporting mm-hmm. the uh, Ukraine, who's supporting Russia over here. And if you look, and... You know, I don't want to be dark here, but I guess if this was like sort of World War III, this is where like the fighting lines, right? You got North Korea, Iran, Myanmar, Venezuela, Cuba, Syria, as well as Nicaragua, who um, yeah. uh, who said that they're they're cool with what Russia's doing. They like what Russia's doing. Yeah. All the blue countries, they have condemned them, which is most of the Western world. You have Australia, right. you have South Africa, you have uh, most parts of Africa. Then you have some yellows here, which are neutral, right? So right now... You got China, you've got India, you've got yeah. Saudi Arabia, and it's almost like election night. You're just waiting for these things to turn like red or blue. Yeah, you got some. Yeah, they, you're exactly right. You got some gray there, and you're wondering if the yellow stay yellow or not, right? That's it. That's it's pretty crazy where this where these lines are kind of being drawn. But I, I guess a lot of those places that are yellow are kind of just like, yeah, maybe they're positive, but don't want to say it. I don't know. I think everyone's a little bit like nerve. I mean, you know. I yeah. think that Biden said the right things last night. You know, sure. I think that he, he did, but I think everyone's now nervous if there's some aggression against NATO that uh, we wrapped into it. But it's it's a really challenging situation. It is a challenging situation. It's a it's a nerve wracking situation. It reminds me of old feelings that I wish never were back again. Right, but here we are. We have um, we can get a, through it. We have a few headlines to go through. They're kind yeah. of dense, so let's get right to it. Before let's we do, do got to tip the band here. Looking for a new adventure to take the next step of your career journey with AIT Logistics. When you join their growing team, you'll collaborate with expert colleagues around the world to create innovative solutions backed by world-class customer service. If you're ready to push the supply chain envelope, your next adventure is waiting. Visit career section on... Hey, go to AITWorldwide.com and learn more and apply today. All right, headlines. Lava Ukraine New legislation would strip ocean carrier antitrust protections. This is a huge one, man. This is big. I mean, you could talk about this breaking apart the alliances, and that's why I wanted to hear so much about this, but I guess we got to tell you here. Uh, So, John Gallagher, (laughs) ocean carriers could no longer enjoy their limited antitrust immunity under new legislation aimed at curbing what some lawmakers in the Biden administration consider to be out-of-control market power. 
The, the Ocean Shipping Antitrust Enforcement Act introduced Monday by Rep. Jim Costa. He's a Democrat from California. This would amend U.S. shipping regulations by repealing Section 4037 of Title 46 of the United States Code. Maybe that means something to someone it doesn't to me, which uh, protects <laughs> foreign carriers from antitrust laws. That's right. This bill is critical in leveling the playing field in ocean shipping, Costa said in introducing the legislation. For far too long, a handful of shipping companies have controlled the ocean shipping industry and employed practices that have caused congestion and delays at American ports. If these companies are left unchecked, unfair practices will continue to harm American exporters and U.S. trade interests, which could worsen the supply chain crisis and drive up consumer prices. Well, Greg Miller also put here, anticipating that Biden would include the stepped-up oversight of the ocean carrier section in his State of the Union address Tuesday night, I was tricked too, World Shipping Council. It's the World Shipping Council. They dispute allegations that the container shipping industry is too concentrated and uncompetitive. To be fair, though, the group represents most of the world's container vessel capacity, the ones who would be hit by such legislation. So just keep that in yeah, mind. Yeah, of course you're going to be defensive there. Yes. Uh, they did say, though, it's unfortunate the president is demonizing ocean carriers, the industry that is the backbone of the U.S. and global economy, and that has been working around the clock through the pandemic to move cargo to move more cargo than any time. But look, this could have, we're already talking about a huge disruptive thing with, with sure. coming out of COVID, with the supply chain crisis, that form, with Russia now. And now yeah. you're talking about potentially breaking up the uh, the alliances. I, I don't know. I mean, I would love to see American shipbuilding being focused on here in our country. So we have some leverage in these situations. But I Is don't it know the right thing to introduce right this second? And it's just like, yeah, I don't know. It, it what seems. What leverage do we have is what I'm wondering. We, yeah, we don't, I don't know what leverage we have. I'm not so sure that the, the, these alliances cause the congestion at our ports. But, um, the, yeah, I, mean, I don't I, know. But you got to look at the record profits. And I know people sure, say that. Sure, record like, profits, I get foreign it. Carriers, but look, they are raking in record profits. Sure. Well, there is record inflation going on. That's why that pressure is here. I'm glad they're looking into it. We'll see how that goes. Yeah. And I hope. I hope the measures that they come up with make sense and aren't too drastic, at least at this point in time, because I know the crisis is bad, but I think breaking up the if you understand what vessel sharing agreements are, breaking that up right now would be would be horrible. It'd be very, very difficult and a challenging time for supply chain to say the least. Absolutely. Well, <clears throat> shipping isn't waiting for sanctions. Talking about that ocean freight shipping says, you know what? We don't care what your governments have to say. It's refusing to move a Russian cargo now. Greg Miller he, uh, he reports that on Tuesday, MSC, Maersk, and CMA, CGM, the top three liners in the world, temporarily suspended Russian bookings. Yangming, the ninth largest suspended Russian bookings on Wednesday, won the sixth largest on Sunday, and Hatbag Lloyd, fifth largest on Thursday. These six carriers control 62% of global capacity, according to Alpha Liner, all wiped out from Russia. Yeah, that's, that's right. The world's largest container lines are dropping Russia to manage sec, uh, sanctions risk, but also perhaps manage reputational risk, said Michelle Linderman, partner of law firm Crowell and Mooring, during a panel presented by the Shipping Association, BIMCO, on Tuesday. Do they want to see to be seen as supporting Russia, or are they do, going to say at this moment, while this is going on, we don't want to go anywhere near them? The tanker sector is seeing uh, the same pattern of behavior among ship owners and operators. Many are refusing to load Russian oil cargoes, even though sanctions don't bar them from doing so. Uh, Crowell and mooring partner DJ Wolf, he had to say, he said this at the BIMCO event. He said, this is the most comprehensive and coordinated sanctions regime we have ever seen before, let alone one including a former G8 member, and it's rapidly evolving. Uh, he explained, not only do you have to make sure a shipment is legally permissible, you've got to make sure 
other parties to the transaction think so as well. So you got to conf- you got to factor in your banks, your insurers, ah, the shippers, true. the receivers, the charter, the owner, customs, etc. Otherwise, you can't get paid. You won't have a completed shipment, or you'll lose your insurance. And now, if you've been following what's going on in insurance too, All Risk Policies, major ocean carrier, just mentioned uh, major insurance, ocean insurance carrier, just mentioned All Risk Policies are with an asterisk. They don't cover going into war zones. Another issue mm. here. Steamship line stepping up big, but how big? Swift, you know, Russia's been cut off from uh, the financial system. Ruble yeah. crashing. I mean, I think that maybe there's a, there's a business aspect to this by the steamship lines as well that, hey, we're not going to get paid. Oh, yeah. Either no, way, they're I'm not sure, doing I'm it. sure that, that, you know, it's a security type of thing, not, but it's a security type of thing through, through financial uh, situations that could be detrimental to them, like you said, like Swift and stuff like that. And look at the difficulty it would be to actually move one of these things and yeah. then try and transfer it. I mean, there's ports that just won't even transfer containers. Well, the hits just keep coming, too. Lars Jensen, he uh, just posted on this. He just reported on LinkedIn that a Hamburg port has now advised that they no longer handle containers going or coming to Russia. This follows similar action a day ago in the port of Rotterdam. Yeah. As a consequence, HMM has issued a customer advisory. HMM services to Russia are all transshipped in Rotterdam and Hamburg, and hence they no longer serve St. Petersburg. So it doesn't sound like they're necessarily shutting off, but they definitely got to transload and, and go around those regulations. I wonder if HMM will uh, change their tune soon enough. I don't know. Lars also warns that the largest potential ripple effect for now would be if the overland rail link from China to Europe was halted. He says uh, it moves 500,000 TEUs and probably throw about 10,000 TEUs per week into Asia, Europe services, probably on boats, probably tying up even more cargo. Wow. Yeah. I didn't even think about that rail line. That is a solid point. Another thing that has been hammered hard is air freight, right? So Biden has banned Russian aircraft from U.S. airspace. Said that during the SOTU last night. Eric Kulish reports the United States is closing airspace to all Russian aircraft as punishment for invading Ukraine. President Joe Biden said this last night at the state. He said, "Uh, I am announcing that we will join our allies in closing off American airspace to all Russian flights, further isolating Russia and adding an additional squeeze on their economy. Yeah, the decision brings the U.S. in solidarity with the European uh, Union, Canada, the United Kingdom, Nordic and Baltic states and other countries that have previously barred Russian owned and registered operator aircraft from overflights as well. So Russia is expected to reciprocate with flight ban on U.S. aircraft as well, which is a main space going into Asia and, and uh, parts of Europe as well for in India for the U.S. Yeah, it's a lot about like 30 minutes of flight time and a little bit of consumption. But again, these things ripple throughout the chain. 30 mm-hmm. minutes may not sound like much. What's a half an hour? But these things change schedules. They cause massive disruptions. And there's a lot going on right now. We can't underestimate how if this thing persists and we're not saying this for like fear factor or anything. We can't underestimate how disruptive this event could be as the global order could shift drastically with what's happening here. Oh, yeah. No, there's no doubt about it. I mean, just from the from the, the financial situation of those that are depending on payments back from Russia, et cetera, that have been canceled. Another big issue, too. The U.S. ban, this eliminates the ability of Volga Nippner Airlines to operate specialized aircraft under charter to domestic companies. Uh, what's big about this is that those are the only aircraft that that pull out of gauge things like gas turbines, electric generators, mm. helicopters, fire engines, yachts, and that type of stuff. So pretty big deal. We're going to have to figure out how to get that capacity, that thing up in space. Um, another thing, too, Boeing has cut off maintenance and cloud updates to Russian air vehicles. Uh, Craig Fuller, our own CEO and founder, as well as the CEO of Flying Magazine, he says, Russia is losing its civil airline supply chain. Expect Airbus to follow, and when it does, Russian airlines will be grounded with little technical support. Airplanes require a ton of regular maintenance. Without it, the planes won't safely fly 
for long. There's a tough going. There's a lot going on. This is going to be to be continued. This is incredibly intricate, and you got to be paying attention to all the little details that are going on, man. Uh, yeah, Russia's been canceled. Yeah, Russia has been canceled. I mean, this. The, what's so interesting is this is like the first time a war has really gone viral, mm -hmm. and it's had a massive effect on public support and also the pressure put on companies to get involved and do something because everybody can see what's going on. Yeah, I mean, and that's the big difference between then and now yeah. in these type of situations from growing up in my time and, and it, even the Gulf Wars. Yeah. It's so much more exposed. Like you were saying before, those videos that show videos from, and you can see the blinds on the windows from the people that are videoing this type of stuff. Very, exactly. very real. That does more to me than, than seeing uh, the carnage, you know, that, yeah. that are also on there. And I try and avoid that stuff. I mean, the thing that impacted me most was just seeing... Children ripped away from their yeah. fathers. I mean, yeah. that is just horrific. That, I mean, yeah. uh, that, that is a nightmare to me. Those are the worst scenes in, that hit me the most uh, uh, as well. The, the father saying goodbye to his children, et, et cetera, is just, it's rough. Worse than the gore that you can, like, I try and yeah. stay away from that too, but sometimes it just pops up. You're like, gosh, that's nasty. But, man, it does not hit home as far as that family's being ripped apart. I think the only thing going on in the world, though, we got some guests that's talking true. on, and we still got to move the freight world forward because yes, this is a supply chain. A lot we of tech do, and things do. are going on. Let's bring on Tom Crossweek. He's the Vice President of Strategy and Business Development over at Locomation. Tom, thank you for joining us on the show today. Thank you for having me. Great to be here. Every year now, it very seems like exciting, we're... Uh, times. Yeah, very it's... exciting times. Uh, I don't think I'm going to provide anything as dramatic as what's going on in the world, but we'll try. Yeah, well, I mean, it seems like every year there's some new inflection point that is aimed at changing everything. But a uh, big thing, too, I want to ask you real quick, though. I saw a picture of this. Can you guys show this truck up here? I saw very this cool picture looking. of this locomation truck at Manifest, and it looks absolutely stunning. Have you been inside one of these yet? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I was actually at Manifest myself. And uh, these are our, our latest versions of our product and uh, more to come. Very, very cool. You know, we talk about the technology and, and AV and all that other kind yeah. of stuff coming in, but there's benefits for it as it's being developed. So we know you you know, you guys are working on autonomous relay convoy technology and bringing that to the market in the, in the, in the future here. But tell us about what you're doing right now with your customers uh, to increase their capacity. Absolutely. So, you know, my role is uh, vice president of strategy and business development at Locomation. And what we're what we're doing is trying to exhibit the value propositions that our customers can achieve right now, just preparing for that autonomous technology in the future. And one of the ways we do that is our trucks are actually capable of operating 20 to 22 hours a day. But you have to kind of conceive the logistics and your operating model to support that activity because it's it's not the way that a normal over-the-road trucking operation operates today. So what we've been able to do is actually create a platform of our system that generates not only the routes that we expect these trucks to operate on, but actually looks within a carrier's freight mix and determines which orders and destinations uh, will are conducive for our technology and can actually work within the confines of today's operation, but also will work in the future. And actually by doing that, we're able to achieve five to 7% operating savings through better equipment utilization, as well as elimination of empty miles and idling time. Tom, can I ask you something, though? Like, considering charging and those kind of things, how do you keep these things moving for 20 hours a day? 
So the uh, um, the way that we're conceiving it is we're creating a relay network. Uh, the and the length of haul is normally 500 miles for length of haul, and we're deploying our drivers initially as split teams. So the first driver would drive 10 hours, and they'd actually control two trucks. They'd be able to drive up to 500, maybe a little bit more in duration. And then after 500 miles of driving, they'd swap positions with the follower driver, and we'd be able to achieve another 500 miles in operation. So continuously throughout the day, we'd be able to get uh, 1,000 miles worth of operation. Yeah, so Tom, how far are we away from deploying this type of stuff? Uh, well, we can actually optimize the routes today. Mm. And uh, we're, we're working with some of our customers as far as deploying the operating model in that configuration. The technology is expected to be deployed by the end of next year and in 2024 that can actually support it. So we're building the operating model and the routing scenarios that support the autonomy when it comes on board. But again, we're able to actually do that today within a customer's uh, current freight configuration. But how does it work? So, how, like, how will the new operating model work when the uh, when the fleet actually does deploy? It's great that we can save now, but um, also planning for the future. Uh, w- what does that look like? Well, so you know, if you think about it, you know, autonomous trucking is actually, especially when when you think about a hub to hub model, it's almost like creating a brand new mode of transportation. So that that line haul between the hubs will be what is operated with our autonomous technology. So we're deploying that that mode for that line haul operation. And so what we integrate is the local activity with that line haul, and we're able to optimize all of it. Uh, So we can optimize the local activity, the line haul activity uh, as well, so that we're, again, achieving that opportunity to eliminate empty miles and the idling time. Very interesting. Hey, thanks for the information, Tom. People want to learn more. Where do I send them to? Um, They can go to locomation.ai or they can reach out directly to myself at tcross, K-R-O-S, at locomation.ai. Very cool. Thank you, Tom. Thanks for your time today. We appreciate it. My pleasure. Take care. Now, our next guest, I wonder if anyone's ever asked him before if he should start a company that's sort of like a, like an Uber, but for freight. I don't know. Seems like it would be a good idea. I, I don't know if it would be. I don't, I don't know. know if it'd take off. I, I know. Like, I don't know. Well, we'll find out. Let's talk to Bill Drieger. He's the head of operations, <laughs> co-founder. Wait a second. Uber Freight? What? There is an Uber Freight. Is it Uber <laughs> Freight, or are they the Uber of Freight? I, I think they are actually Uber Freight. Oh, okay. Bill, we know where you're from. You've played drums on the show before. <laughs> Thanks for coming on and, and messing around with us today. Yeah, good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Yeah, How we are, are both the Uber freight and the Uber of freight and the Uber for go. freight. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Awesome. How's, uh, how's, <laughs> how's you and the Uber freight team uh, doing this week just in light of uh, world events? Yeah. So obviously it's, uh, I think everybody's watching the, the world events um, in Ukraine. And it's, uh, it's you know, heart, heart-wrenching to see the news coming out. And I know you just 
touched on how that's impacting Russia directly. And of course, there will be supply chain impacts. Mm-hmm. For us, uh, biz, uh, you know, the, I think the number one thing is just fuel and seeing what happens with fuel, because uh, obviously, you know, Russia's number one import or export rather is oil and it's going to impact world uh, oil markets already has. And so that's, that's, that's the most direct impact. You know, imports out of Russia, pretty marginal in terms of domestic freight or total imports are about 12, 13% of domestic freight volumes. So that impact in terms of volumes will be fairly marginal, but fuel will definitely impact. And then just broadly from a world economy, I think we're all waiting to see what happens, right? Because that just threw a whole nother, after a couple of years of uh, quite a lot going on. Yeah, and, right. World of COVID, it's uh, just one more thing, right? Yeah, yeah, it is. We're lo- when is the next time we get Suez? Well, here, here this yeah, is slightly it's worse. One thing than after that, another, man. I, yeah, one I, thing after another. I, I'm looking forward to a normal year. <laughs> yeah, I don't know when that's going to happen, Bill. I did tell you the truth. I, I, I don't know, but uh, you know, you guys have been collecting quite a bit of data and yeah. analyzing a lot of data over there. And you've released another report. We've been, had you on before to talk about reports before. But let's take you. You guys got a kind of a unique take on the driver shortage. It's not quite all doom and gloom. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. So we released a market insights report for the second half uh, of 2021. And, you know, seeing the effects of COVID continue to play out uh, through 2021, uh, we noticed there's a few key trends that that we called out. So one, just from a, a spending and volume uh, through the pandemic, consumers have saved over two and a half trillion dollars of excess savings. And that has largely been funneled into record high spending. We had a 16 trillion dollar run rate uh, of spending annualized spending uh, in H2 of 2021. And retail sales continue to be 20% over pre-COVID levels. And then on top, on the other side, so on the demand side, you have this ongoing surge of of, of volumes. In fact, it's been year over year increases in volumes all through the pandemic. We've only started to see that inflect as we've gone into Q1 of this year. Uh, On the other side, you, you saw drivers just leave the market. We're still down on absolute employment on long haul trucking, about three mm-hmm. percent versus pre-pandemic, and so drivers are coming back. But uh, as a result, you've got more shipping, you've got fewer drivers, so drivers are spending a lot more time on the road. What we saw is that drivers, on average, working forty-four hours a week, is where pre-COVID they were working forty-one to forty-two. So you've got drivers working long hours, fewer drivers on the road, um, and there was, of course, been a lot of efforts to get drivers back from the the large fleets and to bring drivers into the market. What we've seen though, what's interesting on the other side is that it's it's probably the best market ever to enter as a carrier uh, because rates have been elevated and drivers are seeing, drivers that are working for fleets or see this opportunity for their buddies who are owner operators who are making $3 plus a mile uh, and uh, earning uh, better than they they have in years, They're, they're leaving and then entering as carriers. So we've seen this massive surge of carriers entering the market. So 2021, uh, we saw over 110,000 new carriers enter the market, which was 85% higher than 2020, which was already a record year in terms of new FMCSA registrations. And obviously rates are a huge factor, but if you look historically with prior cyclical truck markets, when rates were elevated, you did not see the same sort of spike of FMCSA new entrants. And and of course, rates have been elevated for longer. We've seen just a, as long as I've been in the industry, I've never seen 18 to 20 months no. of continual inflationary 
Right. Well, Bill, I mean, Bill, I was yeah. uh, I, I was looking in Sonar yesterday at the uh, at, at the rate per mile. It was down 21 cents, right? 21 cents from, yeah. from, from that. Guess what 21 cents gets you? Oh, there were only two days, right? Yeah. That were higher last year than the price yesterday at like whatever that it was. Like 21, and a 21 yeah. cent drop. That 20, and it dropped 21 <laughs> it cents. Still it was still higher than still every the third highest days. week of, of rates last year. <laughs> I mean, crazy. And you have that, you had that, I saw your volume chart that you threw up on, um, on LinkedIn the other day. And it was just, that volume's just been consistent for like, oh, a yeah. Year. It just, it's just a straight, it's a wall. I yeah. uh, just put that up there. Yeah, yeah, lest we forget where we actually are here when we talk about volumes easing. Uh, yeah, no, you put up the chart for the last year and a half. Volumes aren't. Well, aren't Bill, easy. you kind of you touched on this though. So, are, are the megas bleeding carriers, and and this this still trend? Because I know that trend was starting to pop up, uh, especially last year. It's really starting to ratchet up. Drivers are seeing those sustained rates. Um, but like, how prevalent yeah. is this? And uh, are the megas like panicking a little bit about not being able to retain and and get drivers? I was on a panel with a CEO from one of the large carriers who I won't name, uh, but uh, his comment was uh, they've just they've had to raise wages. And I think this is what also what's driven drivers into new registrations and starting their own carriers that from a, a large carrier perspective, there's always going to be some hesitancy to raise wages because, what, you know, that's just permanent, right? You thereby yeah, you're in an inflation yeah, yeah. wage environment. And that's a cost basis that after, you know, if it, once we do see the dip, right, your full, your base of wages is permanently risen. Uh, but the market has demanded that. And we've seen you know, just broader CPI inflation, of course, which, uh, you know, which, of course, should drive wage inflation as well. But the, the comment from this CEO is that now 75% of his drivers are earning over $75,000, which I thought was seemed pretty significant. And we've, you know, we've seen these $100,000 postings become more, more common. Uh, certainly there's been uh, just a push to, it's, it's a, just a very aggressive market to get drivers in the door. Uh, but still, we still haven't seen that full driver recovery. Uh, and I think that it also, you know, there is this secular shift now because drivers can enter the market more easily, you know, you know tuning our own horn, companies like Uber Freight, what we brought to market is this, uh, ease of access to freight for small carriers. So carriers now are empowered. They have a lot more options than they did five years ago. And so this market, you've got high wage rates, you've got easy access to freight, right? And you can download our application. You can see a load, you hit a button, you book it. That's a new experience that, you know, in previous inflationary environments just didn't exist to the same or wasn't as prevalent or accessible. Um, tack on to that, all of the kind of carrier enabling tools that uh, us and others have built behind that. And it's just an easier, it's just a time to enter as a carrier. You have better options. You can make better decisions. You have more access to information, more access to freight. Just the ease of interest, entry also just makes it more sustainable for those drivers. On the other side, though, of course, I'd be, if I were entering as a carrier right now, I'd be very cautious and thoughtful about how much I spent on my, my tractor and, you know, how much, how, how high I lock in my cost basis, because if the market does turn, right? You don't want to be holding uh, these significant leases and, yeah, yeah you're going to be, be, you're gonna be holding a note on a tractor that's now worth half of what you bought it for, right? <laughs> it's possibly trailers too. I mean, a lot of people buying well. very high in this market on equipment. Yeah, yeah. So, Bill, I'm I'm looking at the report here, and, and it's amazing some of these stats that are here. Like 70 percent of the new activations by the end of last year in in Uber were of new carriers or new authorities that were happening, right. compared to 41 percent before the pandemic, mm -hmm. which is really really telling. Now, you yep. also talk 
talk about the fact that that long haul, the longer the haul, are being more rejected than the shorter haul. Does this give them more chances? Is this part of it as well, the better routes that they can run instead of being forced by the larger carriers or the, you know, who they're working for to take those longer, less desirable routes? Absolutely. They have more options. And within our own ecosystem, actually, the short haul tends to work better with the tech-driven providers such as ourselves because a lot of times the traditional players don't want to participate in those markets because the margin versus cost of moving, like they've, they've got the same labor costs, yet they're not making quite as much money. So we have, we've, we've always had a lot of success with pulling drivers in for those short haul opportunities and with those shippers that move those opportunities. And for these small carriers, oftentimes they wouldn't have had prior access to high volume local freight. And ultimately drivers prefer to be local, you know, drivers, uh, it, they're, they're looking at other job alternatives, which are local, you know, construction or you know, other uh, manual labor jobs where they can just walk in the door and work. They don't have to get a CDL, right? The barriers to entry are much lower. And with a low, with having access to local freight, right, they just then can live a, a balanced quality of life. And so I think there's, there's a preference issue there too that, that's driving that. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's good. But one of those dangers, though, and the, the thing here is that is if 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 everybody were to be able to pick their freight, yeah, there's those tweener loads and that long haul that's never going to move. <laughs> I guess that's good for for rail, right? Well, <laughs> I guess that I helps think out ultimately the it, it it just it results in a um, you know rate shifts because yeah, yeah, it would be a rate shift. Right? Operators, yeah, owner operators love the long haul. There's always uh, there was always an opportunity historically for owner operators to make money if they just took the freight where it went and took those long hauls. And, yeah, you know, yeah, and yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that's why we got locomation you know, you keep... too. Bill, let me ask you something really quick. So one trend that we're hearing more <laughs> and what trend we're hearing more and more of is um, 3PLs and brokers getting into assets, right? These power-only trailer buying. I th- I've read multiple headlines over the past few weeks of different brokers. Uh, assets, getting, assets getting popular when they're this expensive? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think a lot of it is access to trailers because yeah. more access to trailers. And I mean, it's very difficult to get a trailer right now. We have a product called Power Loop, which is, uh, you know, effectively operates like a dedicated uh, implementation where we lease the trailers, we control the trailer pools, and then we implement those into drop opportunities with shippers. And that's had huge success, and we've uh, we've seen huge demand. And part of it is because you know there's just the competition for that capacity right now. Uh, so in this market, yes, having the access to the when, when you're in a very tight market, uh, having access to the equipment and having first access to that uh, is does provide some leverage with with the shippers, certainly. And I think that a lot of these models that are are developing uh, and we're, we will continue to scale PowerLoop because we see that as a product where not only does it allow us to have direct access to those assets, but to your, the earlier point about local haul, a lot of those opportunities are drivers or owner operators, these new carriers, if you think new carriers, they don't want to participate in drop trailer freight, particularly when the trailer is already hard to come by and they have to leave the trailer and they're not going to get utilization out of that. Uh, But if they can participate in power loop, then immediately they can participate in this drop trailer freight with someone else's trailer and maximize their own, you know, uh, utilization and, and dollars paid and, you know, working hours on the road. Yeah, yeah you're so, hey, point. may I do the honors? I haven't spun this thing oh, in a while. Oh, please Can do. I do the yeah, we, we haven't had Bill on in a while. Yeah, yeah, Bill on, yeah, 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 let's yeah. see what we come up with. Around and around it goes where it lands. Nobody knows. Oh, I think you're going to know the answer to this one. Okay, what is the secret Krabby Patty formula? 
Oh man, <laughs> I do not know the SpongeBob Krabby Patty formula. I I do not, but okay. I would guess it's probably like trash and shells and something uh, distasteful like that. That'd be my. All right, well, you're my, wrong. My we'll see later on if Mark can uh, can get it after you. But <laughs> th- thank you for joining yet. us, Bill. Everyone, check out <laughs> yeah. Uber Freight. And uh, you know what? You sick of your company? You sick of being a company driver? You want to be a man to yourself, woman yeah, to yourself? I do. I do. Download Uber Freight app. Your ass on the road because you're on freight. Thanks, Billy. That's right, man. Make it happen. Yep. Appreciate Thanks, it. Take Bill. care, sir. Uh, did, D. Hey, did you know that Forbes just named AIT Logistics as one of America's best mid-sized employers for 2022? I did. I in did. Fact, well, I wonder if Bill, Bill didn't know the Krabby Patty formula, but maybe he knew that. Uh, in funny. fact, AIT is the number one employer in the transportation and logistics category. Boost your job selection, regain a sense of purpose, and open your career opportunities one of the fastest-growing organizations in the industry. Visit the career section on Tell em, Dude. Hey, go to AITWorldwide.com to learn more and apply today. Send me a doctor, Dr. Mark Manera, oh, founder of the Trucking Fitness so Company. He's joining us right now. Mark, thanks for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. I love the, uh, what is that, a spatula on the wall behind you? What is, hey, what a is spatula? that? A spatula? Yeah, is that a spatula? What is that, that thing? Oh, yeah, yeah, that yeah. What is it? That's, what is uh, that? I got my, uh, I got oh. my pass from a conference and then also uh, my doctorate of physical therapy degree. And I will tell you, I do know, I, I believe I know at least, the secret formula for uh, Krabby Patty. Uh-oh. All right, are you going to reveal it on air? Are you going to give it away on air, man? I mean, if I have some protection in case people come after me, but uh, wasn't it plankton? It was like plankton, something, something about it actually was like uh, plankton's or something like that. No, you're no. wrong. I will, I will reveal. Mark, I'll reveal this, the secret okay. formula All right. All right. a little later on. We'll All reveal it right. a little later But on. you are doing some great work, right? There's a lot going on in the world. A lot of stress. Stress can contribute <laughs> to mental health problems, physical problems, weight problems. You, tell us a little bit about your company because you're focused on driver health, and I think a lot of us may need it now anyway. Yeah, so I'm a doctor of physical therapy, and I actually got started working with truck drivers in a physical therapy clinic and just seeing firsthand the struggles drivers have with their health. And I, that inspired me along with a couple of the individual drivers I was working with and just hearing about their lifestyle on the road. And I started the trucking fitness company to give drivers the easiest entry point into exercising and eating healthy on the road. And not only that, but I can give anyone, you know, the best fitness program in the world, but if they don't show up and have the accountability, it doesn't really do much. So we also bring the coaching aspect and holding them accountable and, being there to you know help them through the highs, well, I guess encourage them on the highs and be there to celebrate and also pull them up on the lows to keep them going. Uh, you know, through every journey has those high and lows. So we are really uh, trying to be the thought leaders and and take an industry of and a community of drivers that need the help. Um, you know, out on the road and give them the resources and coaching they need to make a change to their health. Yeah. So, um, you know, let, let's talk about you guys just uh, announced you're joining forces or you, you've got to deal with with Transfix. I don't know if you know this or not, but Transfix doesn't have trucks. So tell us about that. How does that work? Yeah. Well, well, you know, I think, like I said, we are on a mission to make the trucking industry a healthier place. And I think if that's going to change, it's going to come from all different angles of the industry. And I think this conversation and partnership with Transfix was just one uh, door that opened up to get light on, you know, the problems we have with 
uh, health when it comes to our drivers. And so we are working with Transfix to offer a 50% discount on our program to any carriers that work with them. And it's just one way of showing, you know, someone else in the industry from the logistics and brokerage side of things, even though they don't physically have trucks, they are helping push the needle forward with our mission and really just taking a stand for drivers overall. Well, yeah, I mean, this can, you know, and and I'm thinking about this as as I sit here on my chair at this desk, like, us flat-footed, uh, you know, us flat-footed yeah. fat asses at, at the desk and everything, you know, who live, who, Speak for yourself, who are man. kind of sedentary, I guess. Like that's not that different than a truck driver, right? So a lot of these things could be applicable to uh, your average, uh, your average schmuck like me, or your brokers. Yeah, well, those schmucks too. One hundred. You know, I I think it would be a little ignorant to think that drivers are the only people in the supply chain who need help with their health. And so, (laughs) you know, overall, I think trucking and the drivers are a great starting place. But as we move forward, it is, you know, having opportunities and giving the resources to people in the office at the trucking companies, you know, working with maybe Transfix gets it for their, the, you know, carrier sales division and the people who are on the phone all day. I think that there's multiple opportunities and, you know, we are really focused on getting a solution specific to drivers since, you know, their lifestyle and the resources they have available to them are just so much different than yours and I's. Uh, But I think some of the principles obviously, you know, go back and forth and, and are applicable to anyone. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when you're at a desk and you're like us or broken, you can stand at your desk or you can sit on one of those balls. Yeah. It's hard to do that in a truck, dude. Yeah. Those type of things. So what do you do in a truck? What are some of the workouts there, man? Tell us. Well, I I am looking for a business partner if you want to get in on the first ever Flintstone semi truck where we can like get them running. And uh, (laughs) I think Milton didn't Trevor Milton have one of those. (laughs) That's how he's his power. Uh, So, but, you know, I think the biggest thing with, you know, when it comes to that was his crappy Patty secret of- formula. I'm <laughs> oh, sorry. Keep sorry. Back up a second. So, you had us going, I, bro. I think, you know, I think everyone, when they think about health, it's like this all or nothing thing, right? You're either having to be Arnold Schwarzenegger or you're sitting and doing nothing because if you don't make this giant flip, does it really mean anything? And what I think we're trying to do is say, Hey, one or two small changes to your health can make a huge impact. Mm. And I've got plenty of examples on that from, you know, helping them switch from drinking a bunch of soda while driving and just, you know, drinking zero calorie beverages to, you know, the mental health effects of seasonal depression and just getting outside and doing some exercise or going on a walk every day. And just the effects that that has on them, you know, from an energy standpoint, from a health and losing some weight, but also just from a clearing your mind after being mentally drained for the day of driving. And so, you know, we really try to give drivers, uh, we've got programs they can do in their truck, we give them a resistance band, so they can sit in the back of their bunk, they don't have to get outside and, you know, feel, you know, I guess, uh, like people are judging them at the truck stop and looking at them all weird for doing exercise, even though I think that's really cool (laughs) that they do that. Um, and just really giving them everything they need to do to, uh, be able to say, okay, I've got 20 minutes. Let me open the app. Let me do my workout and check that off the list today. Now, now I'm just picturing like, like a trucker, like at at a pilot or something. It's like, we got one of them exercises here over. (laughs) <laughs> Damn, if we were doesn't park a lot, exercise. Hey, I tore my 10-pound band. Anybody yeah. got a 10-pound? Come on back. Well, would you recommend, so if I want to go, like if a driver wants to go low-carb, would you recommend a diet of beef jerky and sugar-free monster energy drink? 
I'm just kidding. I would, <laughs> you know what, though? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. That is a better option than some of the options that drivers sure. are drinking and sure. eating on a daily it's basis. better than a roller and dog. That's the starting sure. place. Well, there you go, right? And so if from a starting place, if it's just that transition to maybe a healthier snack and cutting 40 grams of sugar out of a drink that they drink every day, I say, hell yeah, let's do it, right? And then, and then we can get the ball rolling and move, you know, take further and further steps. Um, but but yeah, I think, you know, there's a lot of different options. And I, you know, I anyone watching right now is, you know, the biggest thing is just getting started. And it doesn't have to be this huge flip. It's just finding one or two low-hanging fruits in your day-to-day where you can just make it 10, 15% healthier. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's it. Just a couple days, you start feeling those endorphins, you can get hooked on those quick. Yeah, and you got to get the habit. You got to form the yeah. habit, and then you ratchet up. You know, even if you're just starting out with a 10-minute walk or a 10-minute exercise, bike, ride, your body will start exactly. craving it if you're good with the diet. The problem is if you start eating, like, the sugar and you start eating chips and stuff, then... um your body kind of really wants that. And if you stop doing it for a while, though, you, you're like, you don't crave it nearly. No, I crave water. Yeah. I cannot drink enough water. Well, before we let you go, you've been a uh, you've been a good sport, so I will tell you the secret formula of the Krabby Patty. Oh, you're going to give it away. Well, the hamburger consists of lettuce, cheese, oh. tomatoes, tartar sauce, mayo, you know flour, turmeric, sea salt, land salt, barnacle shavings, the patty, mustard, ketchup, two buns, onions, and that secret formula, which is a pinch of King Neptune's Poseidon Power. All right. Well, there you go. Okay. I didn't well, know what that. What is it? What is it? What's in the powder? powder? That's a secret. Mark, That's the secret. Mark <laughs> your website's not a secret. Where do people go to sign up for your program? Yeah. So if you want to go, uh, you can find me on LinkedIn at Mark Manera or uh, look up the Trucking Fitness Company on any social media or go to our website, truckingfit.com. So T-R-U-C-K-I-N-F-I-T.com. And we work with trucking companies as a corporate wellness program. We also work with owner operators, individual drivers, and just giving them the coaching and resources they need. Thank you, Mark. Appreciate your time today. Keep doing Lord's work, man. Thank you so much for having me on. I think it's hilarious that it's been so long since we've been to a conference, we didn't recognize a conference lanyard. Oh, yeah. We thought it was a spatula. (laughs) Spatula. (laughs) It's a spatula. All right, well, that's an old relic of, like, civilization that that (laughs) went away. What is this thing? All right, our next guest is uh, Matt Hafner, Vice President of Customs Brokerage at OEC Group. I imagine that he has a lot of uh, nervous customers and clients. But what else is new? That's been the past couple years anyway, hasn't it, Mark? Hey, guys. How are you? Hi, man. What's, I, what's going on? I, you know, I used to be in customs brokerage when I was in FedEx Trade Network, so I know my way around a tariff book a little bit. I used Ooh. to do things like duty drawback as well. So uh, we speak a little bit of the same language here, but how about you introduce yourself to our audience here? Sure. Uh, I've been with OEC Group uh, the last three years. I am the VP of brokerage here. I've been in the industry. Oh, i got to look at some. I can't remember. 1985, I got my license just you know a few years ago. Ah, um, he's a new around the block. <laughs> Actually, you were at FedEx. I was at DHL, so we were competitors at one point. Oh well, you know. So when I talked to so my dad, is my dad was in this industry before I was, and he introduced me to a lot of a lot of guys who've been along around a long time. We were in the Boston yeah. market, and we used to work. Um, one of the guys I was talking to used to work for this perishable fish company. He would talk about how he used to bring the typewriter to Logan Airport, and he would type up the entries as he waited for the. That's like how it was, and you had to use like pay phones yeah. and quarters. Yeah. Ah, whole different world. IBM Selectric, my favorite. Well, let's start topical, because I know there's some interesting tariffs going on. But let's start topical. There's this war going let's on in it. Ukraine. A lot of sanctions going on. Everyone's probably wondering. But in terms of customs brokerage, what do shippers need to know right now? What should they be preparing themselves for? 
uh, in regards to Ukraine or in regards to the change in the tariffs? Oh, in, in regards to Ukraine right now, is there anything most immediate that they should just be concerned about, they should reach out to a broker about, they should be proactive about their freight? Well, if, if you are handling trade out of or into Russia, you obviously know that it's come to a screeching halt. Yeah. And I think earlier in, in the program, we, would, we heard someone mention sanctions, and uh, the biggest sanctions that we have out there now are all being tracked by OFAC. So uh, you're on a, a blacklist at, at this point. So you need to make sure that any companies that you are conducting business with do not have their names sitting on that list. You cannot conduct business. So reaching out to a broker who can check the OFAC list on a daily basis because it's being updated daily at this point is probably one of the smarter things to do at this point. And, and sourcing other locations outside of uh, that region. That does, is really good advice too. Yeah, that's great advice. So, does this now? We've had, we've seen, we've we've seen uh, the, the the government like track different things. And say, okay, it comes from China. The, the you like the cotton hairs before, right? Where sure. they they seize the shipments. Does this link down another chain as well? Does that precautionary measure need to be taken? Absolutely, because you you can have multiple sources. You can have a sourcing in Russia that is you know, wheat, and then the wheat is processed in China, and then yeah. it makes its way to the U.S. So you think you're buying from China, but you may in fact have a problem because the the source of the goods that we use for that manufacturing in Russia. So you that's going to be cut off at that point. So you, you need to understand your full supply chain when you're talking about sanctions. No, very very, uh, very, wow. very true on that one right there. Yeah, well, I mean, that's that second ripple we talked about before. Maybe it's 1% of our imports, but whatever else we're importing, if that's made from Russian goods, that's effective. Well, that's- like, uh, like country of origin laundering has been a big problem, especially since sure. the trade war and sanctions go on. There's always going to be act bad actors who try to get around those, yeah. Yeah. those kind of regulations. Now, initially, like you, I was looking at this, this thing that your team had sent over about new tariffs that are coming in 2022. And uh-huh. it, I'm looking at this one in a different light now because it's about eating insects. It, it almost feels like preparing for the apocalypse versus like just trying a, you know, a, an ESG solution to snack food. Um, what, what's going on with the insect tariffs? All right. Well, it, 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 every five years, the WCO issues a new set of tariffs. And what they try to do is uh, encapsulate new items or commodities that have come into the market in the past five, six, seven years. So... One of them is edible insects. So in the past, there was no category for edible insects, but because uh, there is now a much larger demand for edible insects, um, they've decided to update the HTS and give it its own code. So you could look now at the harmonized code and see that uh, there is uh, a category for insects and other edible products of insects. Uh, that did not exist prior to this. Some other examples would be e-cigarettes. Seven years ago, there was no classification for it. It's a new item. Smartphones. So there used to be just a cell phone classification, but because of the improved functionality of the cell phone into a smartphone, basically a handheld computer, they've updated that. Unmanned drones. 3D printing machines, all of these prior to this new change that took place in January did not exist in the harmonized code because they are products that were really not recognized until the last five, six, seven years. 
So, so Matt, the, these changes, and I mean, one of them is 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 the insects, but and I don't know if you can address these one at a time or just pick one. Why the need to do this type of stuff? Doesn't a cell phone and electronics still fit under cell phone electronics? Why do they need to be so specific as they go as as these things evolve? Well, have you opened a tariff book before? It's like I, it's oh, like no, Harry no, no. Potter spell, but I, I, the thing is like dude, this. It's massive. I, I've been. You have to the, bring a suitcase to the customs broker exam. Not only have I been through that one in and out in my eight years in in <laughs> in, in, in ocean shipping, but also the NMFC and domestic. Is oh, yeah. just as crazy. I'm just asking a question. Why? Sure. Why? Why does it need to be done? So, uh, a couple of reasons. You just have, to confuse uh, people like me and Duder. <laughs> yeah, special trade programs that may be specific and give a uh, a reduced or zero tariff rate for specific items that were not captured before. You may also, more important. The U.S. government wants to track statistical mm. information regarding all of these new types of commodities. So they want to know not just how many cell phones are coming into the country or how many 3D printing machines are coming in, but more specifically, what are they being used for? How are they being used and utilized? And the only way to track that type of activity is through creating detailed, harmonized codes for each one of those products. I hear you. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a it's a challenging esoteric book. You know, oh based gosh, on what you said, just about like the war thing. I imagine that a lot of people are going to want to reach out to you that are listening to this or or your team or their own brokers. But if they want to go to you, who do, what's your website or how should I send them over to contact you? Well, it's easy. We're oecgroup.com. That's an easy one. Um, and they can send me an email at mh.chbjfk at oecgroup.com. Hey, Matt, thank you so much for your time today and just shedding some some light thank on what's going on. Way, uh, very... I thought it was chum. That was my answer for the special ingredient, but I guess I was Oh, wrong. chum. Uh, yeah. yeah, well, it, is that in the tariff? Well, we got to get crabby. We got to get the Poseidon dust. Bet, chum is, I bet. I bet it's in there. Neptune's Poseidon power is actually classified under the uh, 2844s, which I think would designate it as toxic waste. Oh, that makes sense. I'm just making that up. Yeah, it makes but sense. But it tastes good. Well, thank you so much, Mark. We appreciate your time. Take so, care, sir. So it has to be shipped below deck. I, I guess so. <laughs> I would imagine it does. I mean, All right, let's go inside the newsletter. You've got mail. Get off the phone, Mom. I'm trying right. to get on the I don't internet. Know if you've, I don't know if you've been seeing all these conferences. People are back at conferences now. Manifest in Vegas. We showed the thing. Well, we got our own in-person event coming up. It is in May. It's in Northwest Arkansas. It is the future of supply chain, right? Oh, Tickets yeah. are on sale. March Madness is here. Tickets only $1,295. It's May 9th to 10th, 2022. Northwest Arkansas Rogers Convention Center. Register live at live.freightwaves.com. We're taking logistics to the next level. Intensity, energy is going to be off the roof. I think we also oh, have some uh, really exciting speakers at this one. We got some great speakers that are there, uh, but you, you, it, it, that, that special price? Yeah. Next 100 tickets. What do you mean? It says it says right on here. It's the next hundred limited to first oh, one hundred okay. tickets. Oh, I'm sorry, so you it's only the next hundred. So, so act you now. need to get in there and get those tickets. Man. Here's some of the speakers. We have Asia Hutchinson, state of Arkansas. He's the governor over there. We've got Jonathan Hoffman from the Pentagon, former chief spokesman. Um, who is this? George Brahovsky. He's from Chapa. Greg Kessman. I saw Silva. All different hosts of people. Ooh, wow. Matt Waller. Very excited to hear from him. Bill Cantina. Who's this Tim Dooner guy? Yeah, we're around here, too. We got Turbo. Oh, Rachel Premack's going to be there, too. Tons of great guests. Go to live.freightwaves.com. You will get the entire rundown right there. 
Anything yeah. else to say about that? I'm just I'm really excited about it. I even first of all, we know like for we know like ArcBest out there, we know JB Hunter sure. 60, uh, Central States Manufacturing, a bunch of different companies out that way. So we're gonna see a, a lot of people. What's going on in Northwest Arkansas now is really exciting. Don't sleep on the event. I can't wait to get there and test out my uh, my you know call on the hogs on the locals. See how I do. Yeah, come on, can you call hogs? We're gonna have like everyone come on with the truck and call the like we're gonna try and have everyone yeah. in this conference call the hogs at once. Man. If, you, if you're not a fan of Alabama, I wonder what the record is. Or you're not. No if you're not a Razorback fan, you might. Uh, yeah. I'm not against the Razorbacks, and therefore I will call the Hogs with them. Well, talked about the ocean lines. They weren't waiting for sanctions to come in the business world, as this has kind of been a viral war. It's been very internet oh, yeah. spread. Uh, much like when things go viral, things also get canceled. The business world is almost treating like this mass, wide-scale canceling of Putin yeah. and Russia. Right? I mean, so many companies have stepped up. We went <clears> through. Uh, the shipping line so far, other providers, who do we got here? Seco Logistics, they announced just recently as well. Landstar Systems truckload business, they could face a $100 million hit during March. Um, who else we got? Banks, there's some Russian banks. You guys already know about SWIFT. That caused a bunch of storms on the ATMs. Yeah, sports. All the, the sports world's turned their back on them. They're gone. Well, the MLB right. world turned their back on us. What's MLB? MLB. What is uh, that? Yeah, what is MLB? What is the MLB? Yeah, yeah know you know me. <laughs> How could you do that to my Red Sox? No, the IOC, <laughs> FIFA, NHL, F1, and many others have either pulled events or severed ties with Russia. Putin even had his black belt stripped from him yeah. by World Taekwondo. Mm, yeah, World Taekwondo ripped him of his belt. Took his belt. Yeah, he's down to the Jenny JCPenney 298 Miyagi-Do. <laughs> Entertainment, Disney, Warner Brothers, <laughs> Sony Pictures, they've all paused theatrical releases in Russia. Um, tech, I mean, you all saw a thing with Elon Musk. He had tweeted that he needed those Starlink satellites. They arrived two days later. A bunch of other tech leaders stepping in. And as you've learned on the show, and as you've probably heard from other people, a lot of tech and IT based right over in Ukraine. So a lot of companies have very personal stakes for their oh, teams yeah. and for their business in what is happening. Yeah, they they absolutely do. And you've got energy people, Shell, BP. I think what, oh, yeah. what was it? Uh, uh, was it? Uh, I think it was Norway. Whatever. They're big energy pulled out of there as well. Huge people taking huge hits for this, uh, and and taking a stand. What do you? Uh, hmm. My only my only issue with this, and I, I'm like okay. for these sanctions, and I know we have. I just feel like for the Russian <laughs> people who don't want to be involved with this, that this yeah. has to be very challenging for them as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. Discussed that a little bit yesterday on Freightways uh, uh, Now with uh, Dr. Uh, uh, Mark Scott from yeah. Ar University of Arkansas about the, you know, that companies uh, serve humanity as well. And and there's a fine line there. It's it's a difficult thing because when you start cutting some of these things off, people who are against this and are just caught up in it uh, get harmed as well. So it's a difficult decision to make. You know, President Zelensky, he's to the European Parliament, he made a, uh, he made a really sort of good point and, and puts things in perspective. He said, I don't know how to greet anyone because I can't say mm. good morning or good afternoon or good evening. I can't, and this is absolutely true because every day, that day is definitely not good for some. That evening is the last one for some every day. That's, uh, I don't know if you want to drop a mic on that or not, but that's a heck of a, heck of a statement, right? I mean, that hits home if you just think about what he's saying right there. And that's why I, I think that's also why... <sighs> Americans have, 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 have been so captivated in this, in this sort of love affair with Ukraine. Now, we love them fighting against their oppressor, right? We, we, we yeah. love them standing up for themselves, and we love what we're seeing from their leadership. And I don't think there's any more stark contrast than the photo you see of Zelensky around, around his troops and his commanders, and then you see of Putin where he is at a 50-yard-long uh, uh, table 
you know, and he's on one end, and the and then the end zone is yeah. uh, eight generals. Yeah, no, it, yeah, exactly. It it really just shows you the difference in what is going on here and the effects of this war. And even, the whole thing with Elon Musk and the tweets going back yeah. and forth to get it there, amazing. I mean, let's give Elon Musk credit here. Uh, yeah. He did bring up that that Biden hadn't mentioned they're working EVs. Tesla did a lot. He, I think he maybe could have mentioned Starlink. And another could've. huge one is NASA, right? Oh, we yeah. covered on the show. From 2011 to 2020, NASA had to hitch rides on Russian rockets to get up to space. Not anymore. We suddenly could have almost lost control of space. But we didn't. Oh, we did not. SpaceX. Hey, take it easy, everybody. Find me on Twitter at Timothy Dooner. Um, find him at Vincent the Dude. Thinking with you, Ukraine. Tell everybody how to be. Peace and love. Spread it everywhere.